Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode's promos come from two cracking podcasts. The first is from Twisted Philly. I've listened to this one for a while. And if nothing else, I highly suggest you listen to episodes 40 and 41. This is a two-parter called They Let It Burn. And they are some of the most powerful episodes I've heard from any podcast. The second is Nothing Rhymes With Murder. It's a true crime podcast and some of the cases are grim, but the humour and the sympathy that hosts Kate and Georgie have make them very palatable. It's a must-listen Time for the promos. You don't have to be from Philadelphia to love the Twisted Philly podcast. There's more mischief, mayhem, and nefarious goings-on in the city of brotherly love than Billy Penn could have ever imagined. We've got it all here on the Twisted Philly podcast. Hi, I'm Dina Marie, the host of Twisted Philly. Join me every week for some of my favorite stories from the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. We'll talk about true crime, haunted history, legends and local lore, plus some of my most favorite places to visit all around Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. You can follow me on social media, on Facebook at The Twisted Philly Podcast, and on Twitter at Twisted underscore Philly. And you can find my show on all major podcast apps. Plus, if you're a Patreon supporter, you get access to exclusive content twice a month that isn't available to other listeners. Join me every week in Twisted Philly. Hello! Hi! This is Georgia and Kate from Nothing Rhymes With Murder. Join us on a global journey of murder. Yes, every week we go to a new country and find a true crime gem, as well as some fun hotspots to visit. So remember kids, life is a journey. Don't let murder stop you. Okay, bye! Alright, bye then, bye. (laughs) Bye. Engage intro voice. Welcome to episode 9 of Mirths and Monsters. This episode contains descriptions of silliacity, bananas behavior, and the occasional touch of moonacy. Make sure your chuckle muscles are warmed up and stretched, because without a warm-up, a chuckle muscle is pulled more easily than a damp Christmas cracker. On with the pod. Well, hello, my friends, 
I hope you are all well and happier than a wolf with a collection of red riding hoods. This episode I shall be talking about... Werewolves. Are they real? Are they really that bad? Does it come with a dental plan? Have you ever heard of a vegetarian wolfman? All these questions, and more, will more than likely be forgotten by the end of the show. Okay, werewolves. Let me touch, or should that be pet, on the history of these fascinating creatures. Two quick facts. One, they are my personal favourite. Ever since I was a young boy, back in just good old being K days, I watched a great deal of classic horror films. I loved them all, but it was the Wolfman that really stuck with me. The idea that someone could become a beast that creates such havoc and has no memory of their nefarious deeds resonated with me so deeply because it was just like Auntie Bernice after her third bottle of sherry. (laughs) The second fact, werewolves are even more hairy than my Auntie Bernice's chin. Before I go back in history, literally, I want to mention two conditions that have been linked to the history of werewolves. The first of which is a condition called lycanthropy. The following is the definition. Clinical lycanthropy is defined as a rare psychiatric syndrome that involves a delusion that the affected person can transform into, has transformed into, or is a non-human animal. Some of the symptoms of clinical lycanthropy are high fever, chills, and other flu-like symptoms. That's the end of the definition. The other thing that has flu-like symptoms is the flu. So, the next time you sneeze at the full moon, are you going to need a hanky? Are you going to need some raw meat? (coughs) Lycanthropy is not just for people who think they're wolves. It is the condition of being a non-human animal. There have been cases of were-tigers, were-crocodiles bears, and even hares. Late at night, when you're in the garden and you hear a tiny <coughs> Run! It's the snail. <coughs> the second condition I'd like to mention is called hypertrichosis. This condition can be general or specific. Basically, the person who has the condition grows an overabundance of hair, all over the body if it's general, and, normally, the face and head when it's specific. One of the most famous names associated with this was a Russian called Fedor Jeftichu, a.k.a. Jojo the Dog-Faced Boy, later Jojo the Dog-Faced Man, and finally Jojo the Dog-Faced Pensioner has gone to live in Florida. The point is, These conditions have been suggested to have been the cause of people thinking they were werewolves or that the sightings could be linked to the condition hypertrichosis. However, as the latter condition is very rare, this is unlikely. So when it comes to the history of the werewolves, or to give them their old English name, Werewolves. 
it goes way back. They have been mentioned by Roman author Petronius. He lived between the years 27 and 66 AD, which is also known as a right long time ago. However, I will be focusing on more recent history. Well, recent-ish. The 15th century. It is during this period that the idea of what we know as a werewolf these days took its shape, pun intended. While werewolves have always been seen as monsters who destroy, who are evil, who are friendly with Satan, at any point in history, when it came to the 15th century, that's when the law got involved. Previously, the treatment of people who suffered the curse of being a werewolf were either shot by an angry farmer because that bloody werewolf is at our sheep again, Mabel, or a person of a spiritual nature would attempt to remove the affliction from the affected soul. Sometimes it worked, but most of the time the spiritualist would call for Mabel's husband as she ran away quickly, her cork sandals barely touching the road. In the 15th century, however, folk decided that there should be a fair and legal way to deal with the very serious issue of someone who, for whatever reason, believes that they're a werewolf. You guessed it. Werewolf trials! Werewolf trials does, at first, sound like a fun afternoon when a bunch of werewolves show off their skills. Maybe some singing. Maybe some dancing. Maybe being the quickest at rounding up sheep. Delicious, tasty sheep. Second thoughts, maybe not. Werewolf trials, albeit on a much smaller scale, ran in tandem with witch trials. You know the witch trials. That time when men got scared that women might be doing things by themselves, so they put them on trial to stop all of that nonsense. Well, turns out that people who suffered being a werewolf also got the same treatment. Nowhere near on the same level, but it boiled down to people in power. (coughs) Man, not understanding something and having one-sided trials that would inevitably lead to a guilty verdict. So what I've decided to do is bust out the crypto cycle and take in one of these werewolf trials. Me and the wee man haven't been on a jaunt in a little while, so figured this was as good a time as any. We're going to get some first-hand knowledge of what these trials were like. Okay, the bike is packed with breakfast sandwiches. And lunch sandwiches. Coordinates are in. And here we go! Oh my god, this courtroom stinks. I say courtroom, it's more like a barn, with a lot of flaming torches. Eesh, they didn't have like their drama back now, didn't they? I see a man, who I'm assuming is the judge, unless he just really enjoys wearing silly white wigs. He looks red-faced and pudgy. There's nothing wrong with being pudgy, but I think it's been a while since he's turned down a pudding. 
There also seems to be a jury of sorts, all similarly rotund pudding munchers with cheeks redder than a pig sunburnt bum. And they all have a look on their collective faces that suggests that someone has just committed a drive-by parp. I can see the dock where the alleged wolfman stands. He is hairy, that's for sure. At first I think it's my auntie, but even she's not that old. There's a look of fear and sadness on his bushy face. A slight dullness in his eyes. He seems terrified by the proceedings and I wonder if... Finn? Finn? Finn has just jumped from the sidecar and he's walking over to the dock. He's not growling, he's not barking and... Oh my God. The man in the dock is looking directly at him. Can he sense him? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Like he's read my thought, the man in the dock lifts his head and stares at me. Not in a malignant way. In a simple look of acknowledgement. I raise my hand in a silent greeting and, by pure instinct, he raises his back. This unexpected movement by him causes a commotion in the courtroom and he chuckles to himself. During all this, Finn has made his way to the stand where the prisoner is. He's gone up to him, sat by him and rested his head on the hirsute man's lap. He strokes my kind boy's head and he seems at peace. I'm guessing for the first time in a while. Time seems to stop for a spell, until the loud bang of a gavel shatters the relative calm, followed with a bellow from the mouth of the pudding lover. Guilty! As this is done, the man in the jock gently but firmly pushes Finn towards me, and after some stubbornness, the wee man gets back into the sidecar. We wave a hand and a paw and goodbye, and before the trial goes much further, I crank up the crypto cycle and...
we arrive back in the courtyard of Casa CK, and it turns out the fun is not yet over. There is a man waiting at my front door, sitting to be more precise. An old man, this man, is in dire need of a shave. Obviously I'm slightly taken aback, but Finn is acting normally, and he is my barometer for all things dodgy. He jumps out of the sidecar again and happily trots to the wolfman at my door. I hear the man speak. I believe you met my great, 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 great granda. We're sat inside my office, slash library, slash pet zone, slash sandwich larder. And I'm recording this with the permission of Lawrence Talbot Jr. Larry's fine. Or Wolfie. Hello, my friends. Sorry, that's your line, but I do like that greeting. So, Larry, could you bring the folk up to speed about who you are and how you end up at my door? Sure. It's the old story of girl meets boy, they fall in love, boy gets bit by a werewolf, boy doesn't know the level of old bugger that that will involve, girl gets pregnant, boy goes mental at next full moon, boy eats sheep, boy gets arrested, boy goes on trial, boy sees something that shouldn't be there at the trial. Eventually, girl gives birth, and the line of hairy babies continues. But how did you find out about me and Finn? My great, great... His name was Philip. Philip took the time to write down what had happened at the trial, and gave it to his wife, Celeste. At first she thought it was madness, but then she remembered that her husband was a werewolf, and she believed him. Since then, the tale has been passed down to each new generation, and that generation has tried to find you. Nobody knew from when in time you came. Turns out it was during my watch. Such a cool story. I have to ask, though, why have your family been trying to seek me out? You mean, why have my family been trying to seek out the one man and his dog who appeared out of nowhere on a motorbike and sidecar during a 15th century werewolf trial. The dog who gave comfort to Philip. Well, when you put it that way, it surprised me that he could see us. It surprised you. He was a werewolf and he nearly cacked his pants. I'm going to leave you a copy of the letter, by the way. I feel you should get an idea of what was going through Philip's mind at the time. There is another reason that I've sought you out. Don't worry, it's not because I'm hungry. Grrr. <laughs> no. I have a tale to give you, and I want you to share it with the world. What kind of tale? A wolfman's journey through life type thing. Only partly. As you know, there are monsters. They are real. 
I've lived a tale with some of these so-called monsters and they get a bad rep. Movies only tell you a certain side of them. I know the real them. We shared some general chit-chat after that. He didn't want to delve too deeply into the nature of the story. He just wanted me to read it. So he passed me a leather-bound book. It was old, it was cracked, but it was definitely readable. And read it I did, and I will share it with you. You have already had a chance to hear the first chapter of Popcorn and Monsters. And if you haven't, it's still available for you. The last part of this story is the letter that has been handed down over several generations. Initially written by Philip as he sat in his cell after the trial. Wolfie gave me a copy. The original is, of course, fragile with time and is kept in a safe place. The letter reads as follows, and I'll just read it in my own voice. Dear Celeste, and to those who follow my line, On this day, September the 17th, in the year of our Lord, 1489, I have some things to say. One is a bugger. The second one is about what happened to me today in this trumped-up courtroom. You have been found guilty and you will receive your just desserts. That's what the judge said. If anyone knows about desserts, it's that chunky bast. Calm yourself, Philip. Don't get your hackles up. You know what happens. What happened in the courtroom today was unjust. But that's not of what I write about. Someone appeared to me. I don't mean in a religious way. I mean actually appeared to me. Him and his dog. They arrived with a big pop on some form of contraption, the likes of which I've never seen. I don't think anyone has, not in this time. I was petrified in that courtroom, up until this man appeared and his dog made his way towards me and rested his head upon my shaking lap. I was instantly soothed. I do not know if this was canine kinship or not but I stroked his head and I was calmed. I already knew my fate, but now I knew I could accept it. I know that these two beings are important to our family. I cannot explain why, but given the nature of what has happened to me, I am more than open to the idea that there is something that links our name to these two. Celeste, I love you. Our child may carry my curse, but I know that that will make no difference to you. I contain in this letter an item that I will consider proof of my tale. I end this with a loving farewell. My heart is yours. Philip Talbot Now, before he left, Wolfie shook my hand and passed me something as he did so. This is the proof he spoke of, he had said. Don't check it till I leave, you know, for dramatic purposes. With that he left. He had no vehicle that I could see, but the sun was setting and he walked towards the woods, so I guess he had a place for the night. I kept my hand closed until I got back inside. Taking a seat behind my desk, I paused for dramatic effect, and then I opened my hand. 
Resting on my palm was a small, circular item. While it was definitely aged, it was still in good condition, and on it there were two things. One was my phone number, and the other was a name. Finn. Philip had taken the tag from Finn's collar, perhaps as proof to himself that it was real. I don't know. I don't know how he could see and interact with each other. There are many things of a supernatural nature that are not understood. That's my tale for this week, my friends. I have to mention a couple of things before I go, though. One is that I'm very proud to say that I'm part of the Odd Audio Network. Myself and a few other podcasts who put the odd into audio can be found on oddaudionetwork.com. I urge you to check them out. You will not regret it. Finally, there's now a Facebook group for people who dig this kind of stuff. You can find us at Mirths and Monsters Group, a.k.a. Finn's Fan Club. Everyone is welcome. It's a fun place for folk to become a mirther, share animal pics, share thoughts on the podcast, and anything else. Feel free to post. Till next time, my friends. Slancha. Your good health. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.